welcome to the show. I'm Joseph Clay, host of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a podcast that shines a light on the independent author using book reviews and interviews with a dab of writing wisdom tossed in. I'll be co-hosting today's show with... Hi, I'm Nina Turnipseed. Today's show is episode 13 and will be a book review of The Hell Next Door, written by Mark McLaughlin. Hey, I'm Christy. I will be helping Joe and Nina review The Hell Next Door. Hi, my name is Kelly Winkler, the announcer for today's show. The Hell Next Door was independently published on July 20th, 2020, and is available in ebook and paperback formats. Prices on Amazon ranges from $2.99 for the ebook and $12.95 for the paperback. Of course, if you are an Amazon Prime member or have a Kindle Unlimited membership, those prices will differ. The link to The Hell Next Door can be found in the show notes. Spotlighting the indie author purchased an ebook and paperback version of The Hell Next Door to review and to support the indie author. Joseph and Nina read the paperback and Christy the ebook. I've had some neighbors who I could have sworn were demons from hell. But since this is a fiction tale in the genre of horror, subcategories of occult and dark fantasy, I guess it ain't about the family I once lived next to. Now that I think about it, it might have been that family that I lived next to that swore me and my brother were Satan's children. Before we start the review, Kelly, give us the intel on the author of this horror tale. Mark McLaughlin is a Bram Stoker award-winning author of fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and more. The Hell Next Door is not his first book. Mark's latest releases are the huge story collection, The Weird World of Mark McLaughlin Megapack, Human Doll, a novel, which is a tale of suspense set in the entertainment industry, and the Cthulhu mythos horror novel, Injectables. He is also the author of many works in the literary tradition of H.P. Lovecraft. Story collections in this vein, co-written by Michael Sheehan Jr., include The Prisoner of Carcassa, City of Living Shadows, The House of the Ocelot, and Whores and Abominations. He is also the author of many solo collections, including Empress of the Living Dead, Best Little Witch, House in Arkham, and Hideous Faces, Beautiful Skulls. A link to Mark's full bio and writing credits will be found in the show notes. Back to you, the Spotlighting the Indie Author crew. Kelly, did you say one of the books is titled Best Little Witch House in Arkham? I did, but I was banking your attention would be drawn to the one titled Hideous Faces, Beautiful Skulls. Well, yeah, what's up with that, Joe? It's common knowledge you love skulls and ravens. So why did you ask about a different book? And by the way, you need to put a picture of you on your Facebook account. Not a skull wearing sunglasses and a cowboy hat. Nina, I'll take your suggestion under advisement. It is true, I do like skulls and ravens, so that title did catch my attention, but Arkham is where I lock up the crazy villains from Gotham. I'll have to check that book out and see if it has anything to do with that particular Arkham. Yes, Batman does send villains to Arkham, but we aren't going to get into you thinking you're Batman or a vampire this week. No problem. And I understand it's hard for mere mortals, such as yourself, to deal with my true identity. However, I do plan on researching Best Little Witch House in Arkham and see if it ties to Batman in some way or the other, while Kelly reads the book blurb of The Hell Next Door. Which one is Kelly going to read? The one that's on the back of the book or the one posted to Amazon? Oh, come on. Not another book with two different blurbs. Yep. Just like Mike Stone, Texas Ranger. Kelly, could you please read the blurb as printed on the back of the book? And once done, I'll read the Amazon version. Can do, Nina. Here is the blurb of The Hell Next Door that appears on the back of the paperback. 
Miles Cooper is surprised when the workers in three moving vans drop off expensive furniture at the empty house across the lane. One item is a huge black door with a beautiful face carved on one side and the image of a skull on the other. He befriends the new residents of the house, a younger man and his three aunts, all of which share a bizarre secret. So begins an adventure that crosses dimensions, taking Miles to hell and back. He learns the shocking truth about what really happens to human souls in the afterlife and discovers that heaven, hell, and the human world are all threatened with destruction. To save those he loves, he must work with both angels and demons to defeat a rampaging, ravenous evil. Thank you, Kelly. Now here's the blurb that appears on Amazon. Miles Cooper is surprised when the workers in three moving vans drop off expensive furniture at the empty house across the lane. One item is a huge black door with a beautiful face carved on one side and the image of a skull on the other. So begins an adventure that takes Miles to hell and back. In the hell dimension, Miles encounters the legendary demons Asmodeus, Pazuzu, and Lilith and learns what really happens to the souls of the dead. He befriends the angel Paxton and the demon Bereth and realizes that relationships in the afterlife can be just as complex as those in the mortal world. A demonic scheme backfires, and before long, heaven, hell, and the human world are threatened with destruction. To save those he loves, Miles must work with what, with his new friends to defeat a rampaging, merciless evil more powerful and destructive than any demon in hell. Joe, I like the Amazon one better. What about you? Like with Mike Stone, Texas Ranger, I also like the Amazon blurb better. I'm always harping about the way authors are getting away from traditional publishing. I think that I have figured out why authors of today are using two blurbs synopsis. Would you like me to explain further? Please do. This is another case where electronic books and sales have affected the way blurbs synopsis are written and used. When the majority of books were sold in brick and mortar stores, the book cover and blurb worked together as a sales team. The cover caught the potential reader's attention. Once the cover got the book in the hands of the potential reader, the blurb closed the deal. Now in today's market, things have switched. Most books are purchased online, and in some cases you can read a sample of the book. The book cover is nothing but a thumbnail and has become less important. The blurb synopsis now sells the book. The cover is an afterthought. I guess this is something us old-timers need to embrace and accept. Joe, that makes sense and appears to be a logical reason. It would also explain why both times we have run across a two-blurb book. The Amazon is always the better blurb and is usually longer, but why not use it on the book as well? I'm not sure, but I suspect they change it to make it fit the back cover layout. Mike Stone, Texas Ranger, and The Hell Next Door have one thing in common. Both have an author's picture with a short author bio with the book blurb on the back of the book. I see. Well, as far the length of the blurbs, they come in at the ideal length. The one on the book is 129 words, and the Amazon one, 152 words. They both were well written and cover all the information that an ideal book blurb would have. Tell me, why did you like the Amazon blurb better? I gave both blurbs two thumbs up. But the one on Amazon was more dramatic and listed some of the demons that appeared in the story. Yep. The Amazon blurb is more enticing and expands on conflicts, but never brings up the true antagonist. I give two thumbs up to the blurbs also. Joe, you mentioned that you thought the book covers have become second thought. 
I wonder if that's the reason this cover is, well, lackluster for the genre. The cover is nothing more than a moon, not even a full moon, but a crescent moon in a clear starry sky. I mean, once you read the book, you get the cover symbolism. I would rather have seen the door on the cover of the book since it was part of the story. I'm giving the cover only one thumbs up. Most would agree with you. While others see the crescent moon as the spirit of the Antichrist, some sectors believe that Lucifer is the moon god. All this stems from Lucifer, meaning morning star, or as an adjective, like bringing or like bearer. Or I could be overthinking it, and the symbolism you mentioned is all there is to it. I give the cover one thumbs up also. Shall we get Christy on the phone before we get any further? Plus, I would like to find out what she thought about the cover. Sure. While I connect with Texas, here's a short but important news break. Andy Book and Author News in a Flash with Kelly Winkler. Spotlighting the Indie Author aired their first episode on February 21st, 2020. Seven months and 11 shows later, we shattered the 100 downloads in one month record. That's right. In September alone, the show was downloaded over 325 times. There is no way we achieved this on our own. We owe this milestone to our dedicated listeners. To all those who tune in to us, we salute you and give you, the listener, a round of applause. Spotlighting the Indie Author is searching the internet for books to review in 2021. Are you an author? Do you have a release coming out in 2021 and would like to talk about that release in a pre-release show? Would you like your book reviewed on our show? Contact us and book your spot now. For ease of access, Spotlighting the Indie Author's email will be in the show notes. Spotlighting the Indie Author has more exciting news about next year's podcast. However, they are not finalized at this time. Join us here or on Facebook to make sure you don't miss those announcements. The Facebook link will also be in the show notes. Now back to Joe and the rest of the Spotlighting the Indie Author crew. Hi, Christy. Joe and I just discussed the book cover. Tell me, what did you think about this cover of The Hell Next Door? How many thumbs up or down do you give it? I actually was not impressed with the book cover. I kind of thought it was dull and boring, to be quite honest. I would definitely give it a thumbs down. Joe, you are our go-to guy for a summary that doesn't give too much away. What's The Hell Next Door about? The Hell Next Door is filled with a mixture of humans, angels, and demons. The angels and demons fall in two different categories. Minor, half-human, and half-angel, or demon, are major which is a full-blooded angel or demon, so to speak. Minor angels, such as Paxton and his aunts, Clara, Lucille, and Adrian, live on Earth but have offices in hell. The angels, demons, and a few humans work in hell together to keep the balance of the afterlife. How do they get to hell? Easy, through a portal designed as a lavish door with a beautiful face on one side and a skull on the other. The angels, demons, and humans do a variety of jobs in hell. The ones bound to the realm of hell are in charge of security, others compile data while others analyze it, and yet others do other types of office labor. The angels, both minor, such as Paxton and his family, and major, such as mourner angels, those angels gather the souls of the dead, come and go from hell often. 
and they do all this work without access to my favorite beverage, coffee. However, our protagonist, Miles Cooper, on his second trip to hell, wants to know where the coffee pot is in the communal room. The humans in the room inform Miles there was not one, but thought it would be nice if there was one. This starts a conversation between Miles and Paxton. Once the coffee is introduced to the communal room, it becomes a hit with the angels, demons, and of course humans. This leads to Miles being assigned the task of finding what else the workers in hell would enjoy. See, good things start with a cup of coffee. You speaking of Miles made me think of something. Whenever I was a kid, I used to be told that if I was a cat, I would be dead because I was always so curious and asked so many questions. This book touches a bit on reincarnation. I hope Miles' protagonist doesn't get reincarnated and comes back as a cat. If he does, he is in trouble as he is one curious man, and we all know curiosity killed the cat. You're right, Christy. His first trip to hell was not by accident or planned and was unescorted, which could have led to disaster. He was told by Paxton not to open the door, but once left alone, he did it anyway. What happened? He entered hell and was face-to-face with Bereth, a son of Lilith and a demon. Not a minor demon, but a full-blown demon. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Closed doors are closed for a reason and should remain closed, especially when you are told to. Like I said, if Paxton comes back as a cat, he won't last the day. Luckily, Miles made it back without being harmed. There was also no repercussion from Paxton either. Could that be because the two young men are lonely and are in need of friendship or maybe more? But what happens the next time Miles becomes curious about something? Will he be so lucky? Joe, please finish up your summary. I know you got the cliffhanger left. That I do. As Miles and his family, along with Paxton and his aunts, consumed pizza that was topped with meat from a murdered human, what happens is the relationship between Miles and Paxton flourishes. Can a human and a minor angel be happy together? How will Lilith act when she discovers one of her sons is attracted to a minor angel and the other to a major angel? Can a demon and an angel relationship last? What happens when an experiment goes bad? Who will survive and who will die? Can the results that happen during the experiment be stopped? No one is safe in hell, including the biggest and purest of the demons. The only way out may be to repent. Will any of the demons repent and be transformed back to the angels they were before they were tossed from heaven? Or will hell and all of its inhabitants be destroyed setting the afterlife in a tailspin. Joe, I do like that, and it nails the story. I would like to add that the demon and angel who are falling for one another are of the same sex. I thought that was a nice twist. I agree, Christy. This book is filled with same-sex relationships and mixed families making the tale modern for today. I like the fact this author broke many of the stereotypes used in today's books. It was refreshing to see the author depicted heaven and hell experience in a different perspective. His idea of what happens once one passes to the afterlife was also unique. These same-sex and mixed relationships are not only reserved for the demons, but angels and humans as well, and are depicted throughout the book. For instance, Miles is a 20-year-old college student whose mother Elizabeth died of a heart attack during his delivery and is being raised by two gay men. One is Ryan Cooper, his biological father, who's in his 50s and owns Cooper Communications. But the other is Trevor Burton, his dad's mate, who's in his 30s. Trevor took over the family business, Burton Family Funerals. 
Yep, and Trevor comes from a mixed family. Trevor's mother was Japanese and his father was black. One of the clever lines scattered throughout the book is how Trevor often jokes while pouring milk in his coffee. He likes it the color of his skin. Cafe au lait. What are some of the other lines that you liked? There were several. I'll give you my favorite. When Miles was amazed about finding out that angels and demons have private lives, Claire nodded and responded. That's because the entire universe runs on love. Without love, there is nothing. Living things seek out companionship and affection, even in hell. Nina, you are a member of the Rose Society. Is there a strand of roses that are referred to as a hell rose? Not that I know of. I do like the fact that a rose, one of the most beautiful flowers, was used in the rebirthing room. I'm not pleased that they rebirthed a murdering and raping cannibal. But hey, this is the new hell, right? I agree with you, Nina. Fire is the only way to purify someone that sick. Roses are beautiful, but we all know that they have thorns and beauty can be deadly. Oh, how well I know. Let's get to the basics. We have already covered the book cover and blurb. That leaves us with the editing and formatting along with the storyline and characters. I did find a couple of mistakes with editing. The words were not misspelled, but they were the wrong words. This happens to me often when autocorrect takes over. Formatting was good, but not perfect, as the printed version had no table of contents. Christy, you read the ebook. Did it have a table of contents? And did you find any glaring editing issues? The table of content was basically just chapter one, chapter two, all the way through, I think, chapter 23. There was no actual title to each chapter. So I really wouldn't call it a table of content, editing-wise. I didn't see anything that really stood out to me. I did find maybe a handful of words that were misspelled, but for the most part, editing did seem to be okay. Nina, what did you think of the editing and formatting? I didn't see any awful issues with editing or formatting besides what has been mentioned. Joe, what did you think about the storyline and characters? I thought the storyline of The Hell Next Door was all right, but could have been better. There was one instance where I would have done it a little different to make certain scenes relevant and just not tossed into the story. There was one scenario that played out several times in consecutive chapters. I also thought the ending could have tied up a few more loose ends. I liked the characters and they were well-developed and unique. I use demons in several of my books and have done extensive research on them, especially the ones tied to the seven deadly sins. The demons in this book were well depicted, the appearance is right on. Lilith is in a class of her own, and the author portrayed her well. Christy, give us your take on the storyline and characters. I think the story was actually pretty interesting. It definitely made you think about what was possibly going to happen next. Um, and the characters were actually pretty good also. I was happy with the characters. There was not too many. You were able to kind of keep up with who was who. So, and I do like that. I don't like having too many characters I can't keep up with. Nina, what are your thoughts on the story and characters? I liked it because it was unique and had a surprise twist of whom the antagonist really is. I liked the characters and they were well thought out. The interchange between the minor angels and humans was excellent. The interactions between the demons and the rest of the characters were realistic and at times humorous. Nina, you got your calculator ready? I do. So let's get to awarding the hell next door some stars. I've already got my rating punched in, so I'll lead off. First off, I like the fact that this book is like a demon's handbook 101. 
The author describes the difference between minor angels and minor demons versus demons and angels. He did this without bogging the story down. I like this author's style of writing. The Hell Next Door is an easy read that took me about four hours. I respect the fact that the author included an alternative lifestyle for the characters, but it is overused. You get the idea that hell is filled with workers, demons, angels, and humans that are same-sex couples and in mixed relationships. That's unrealistic. I give The Hell Next Door three stars out of five. Christy, how long did it take you to read the book, and how many stars do you award The Hell Next Door? It took me about six, eight hours total time. I think ultimately I would give The Hell Next Door 3.75 stars. All right, Joe, the floor is all yours. I covered a lot of what I liked in the review, such as the fresh perception of hell, heaven, and the afterlife. I will add that I appreciated that the author used the real names of the demons featured in the book and didn't make up some off-the-wall names. The demons deserve respect also. Speaking of respect, I appreciated that this author stepped away from the traditional family makeup and love interest. I also liked the author's style of writing. Overall, I enjoyed the book. Once the action kicked in, which was around chapter 9. Now what I didn't like. The first thing that hit me, and to some it may be petty, but to me is a glaring oversight right off the bat. The hell next door is not really next door. It's across an alley. Like Nina, I thought the alternate lifestyle was overused and at times was forced into the story, taking away from it. I read The Hell Next Door in six to eight hours total read time. Now that time was divided over three days. Why, you ask? Well, to me, the story started slow. As a reader, all I needed to know was Miles was a reader of books. Didn't need to know what he was reading or how many times he had read it. I could care less why certain classic tales were written and the theory behind them. This type of info dumping slowed the story down, causing me to put the book down. Unfortunately, this didn't only happen at the beginning, but throughout the story. The author also repeated certain facts from chapter to chapter. Now, does what impressed me outweigh what I didn't like? With all that said, and once I take into account the issues with storyline and editing that I discussed earlier, I give The Hell Next Door by Mark McLaughlin 3.25 stars out of 5. Now, Hold up, Nina. Look out the studio window. It's Joan Clay, one of our guest hosts. What in the world is she holding against the glass? Looks like a book and a piece of paper with a giant three on it. It's the book, The Hell Next Door, and I bet that's her rating. Tell you what, let me go and see. If that's the case, I'll bring her in and put her on mic three. And I'll cue the background music to cover the noise. Now, back to awarding The Hell Next Door some stars. Joan, the floor is yours. Sorry for the interruption, but I couldn't sleep last night. So I picked up this book and started reading I couldn't put it down. It was so good. It took me about five or six hours to read. I wanted to give you all my review. I give it three stars. Everyone, please give me a second to average our new scores. Spotlighting the Indie Author Awards The Hell Next Door by Mark McLaughlin. 3.25 stars out of five. That wraps up the book review of The Hell Next Door by Mark McLaughlin. Christy, thanks for being a part of today's show. Nina, while I help Joan out of the studio, could you please tell the listeners about the changes to the show schedule? I can. November 1st show, a book review of The Seventh Spark, Volume 1, Knights of the Trinity, will be moved to the December 1st slot. 
The interview with J.B. Lyon discussing his book on Acid, a visual novel scheduled for December 1st, will be rescheduled for next year. Spotlighting the indie author Christmas Celebration has been reclassified from a regular episode to a bonus episode. Instead of airing on December the 15th, it will air on December 21st. A book review of The True Meaning of Christmas will slide into the December 15th slot. Our next show airing on November the 1st will be a book review of Decoding the Rapture by Joey Andelin. Don't worry about trying to remember the changes made as we make it easy to see what shows are coming up and what has been aired. You can visit our show schedule. The link will be in the show notes. Christy, as always, it was a pleasure working with you. Are you going to participate in the Christmas show? I would love to participate in the Christmas show. After all, Christmas is my favorite holiday. That's great. I hope we get to work together before then. But just the same, I wish you the best and take care till we do meet again. Thank you, Nina. And I hope all of you take care and I will talk to you all soon. Before I depart, I want to personally thank all the listeners for tuning in. Till we all meet again. Hugs. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm And kisses. Nina. I'm back, Kelly. We ready to close? Joe, before we close, I'm curious what you found out about Mark McLaughlin's other book, Best Little Witch, House in Arkham. Ah, yes. Back to the Best Little Witch House in Arkham. The cover of that book intrigued me. Here's the blurb. I won't give too much away as I bought the book and will review it for Thunder Horse Publishing. I can tell you it has nothing to do with Batman and seems to be fashioned more after the play and movie, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. This does sound like a good read. Why not review it here on the podcast? It was released in 2013. The books we review on the podcast are more recent, not older than a year to 18 months. Thunder Horse Publishing has no cutoff date. If you would like, you can read the blurb for the listeners. I would love to. Here we go. The book blurb for Best Little Witch, House in Arkham. In the Best Little Witch, House in Arkham, a feast of Lovecraftian nightmares has been set out for you. Here you will savor a delectable variety of otherworldly blasphemies. Twenty-five meaty tales of the bazaar, enough to satisfy even your most eldritch appetites. Here you will learn about the unspeakable beauty regimen of the loathsome Mrs. Hema Georgicus. You will discover the vile secrets of Kugapa, the writing octopus god, and Gadamba, a grotesque insect deity whose soul dwells beyond time. You will drink the creamy milk of time, an unholy substance which flows through the depths of a forbidden house known as Der Fleischbruen. You will find all of these mouth-watering horrors and more, much more. Bon appetit. I can't wait to read the review on this one. It should be an interesting and entertaining review. Go ahead and close this show out, please. I'm out of here. Have a happy and safe Halloween, everyone. And remember, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, unless you're a writer. Then, according to Stephen King, the road to hell is paved with adverbs. Music used in today's podcast. Intro, outro music, thriller, announcement five by Zaggy2. Courtesy of Freesound. Background music, Never Stop Dreaming by Crescent Music courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. Besides what was mentioned in the podcast, the show notes will also contain the following. The link to Spotlighting the Indie Authors podcast webpage. 
links to the hosts of today's show along with any guest, links to Spotlighting the Indie Author's blog. The blog will include any information obtained about the guest or books after the podcast aired, the sound effect credits, and the technical data on the recording of today's show. This was episode number 14, a 2020 production of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a josephyclay.com podcast. From myself and everyone here at Spotlighting the Indie Author, this is Kelly Winkler, and we'll see you next time. We're already looking forward to the next show.